Welcome to the Bridge of Two Podcast. Welcome to the Bridge of Two Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, where we bridge the sci-fi and fantasy realms we love into a nerd cast of epic proportions. We are back cooking up a spicy podcast for you welcome 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 <laughs> hey that's my line i can say welcome too i was just saying that because i said it three times last it's just so nice i had to say it thrice mm, podcast so nice said it thrice <laughs> <laughs> all right so we are back on the bridge of two podcast i think last time I did not welcome us three times. I welcomed us five times because because no I, I said welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bridge of Two podcast, and then I was like, "Well, welcome to the Bridge of Two podcast. We're gonna have a great podcast." And I said it like again another time for for whatever reason. So well, if you add up all those welcomes, we've we're, we've eclipsed it now. Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> the numbers continue to grow. Oh, gosh, the welcome numbers. <laughs> Next thing you know, it's gonna be an hour and a half podcast of us just saying welcome. There's a welcome. So look forward endemic. to that, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this 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 episode will be called Welcome. <laughs> Bridge of Two Podcast. Episode well- four. Welcome. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We released the podcast actually out into the world, uh, the last episode, and we've we've got some some people listening. It's it's fun. It may not be like a whole like bunch yeah. of load of people but it's nice to have and definitely people that aren't just like friends yeah i mean we haven't gotten to a hundred thousand listeners yet but That's we've soon. gotten to less than that so i'll just leave it up to you to decide how much you think it's between is. one and a thousand i mean a hundred thousand sorry oh you just you ruined it <laughs> you ruined it. yeah you're right we have a thousand listeners guys <laughs> but well, yeah there's people listening in europe which is bonkers and to me it's a good bonkers a good bonkers like that's awesome like we're bonkers and you're bonkers with us <laughs> i mean if you're yeah you're bonkers for listening to us but <laughs> we appreciate you for being bonkers with us <laughs> uh yeah we have someone in france definitely listening to us pretty regularly shout out to that guy shout or out, girl sh- yeah shout out to french person all the parshendi <laughs> yes if you're not human that's fine anyway Ro- Rodian, right? Isn't that what uh, Elf? What is that? What's his name was from? That was trying to kill Han. Han shot first. He was a Rodian. Yes. Rodian. Yes. I think he was okay. Rodian. Yeah. Yeah. Don't look it up. Don't fact check us. Please it's fact check. Couple us. German- at, at at Josh at me <laughs> <laughs> at Bridge of Two on Twitter because we're on Twitter now and on Instagram Bridge yeah. underscore of underscore two spelled out. And on Twitter at Bridge of Two, Bridge of Two at Gmail dot com. Just a couple ways to let your voice be heard. If you are have anything you've enjoyed or anything you want us to talk about, that you think would be cool to hear about, send us your your suggestions. Send us theories. We're, yeah, send us theories. <clears throat> we don't know if it'll this be posted first or that will, but we're starting a new little shorter episode to come out, kind of in between. Basically, just theories. Have, you know, send us theories. Send us at the email. DM us on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Send us some theories that you want to hear us talk about. <clears throat> we'll happily talk about them. We want to have something coming out every week so that we can kind of record them both at the same time. We thought it'd be a cool idea to do like a shorter episode where we just, like Jeremiah said, talk about either like a theory, just one theory, 
from, you know, anything Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, any video game, you know, just anything nerd related, um, or even a what if scenario. Or even if you got some obscure piece of media, sci-fi, fantasy, video game media that you want us to like check out or take a look at, we might not be able to go, like if it's like a long book, we couldn't go right through it right away, but we'll, you know, we'd be happy to try out new things as well, talk about it on that. You know, just for fun, you know, just fun stuff. Get you guys involved because we obviously appreciate everybody listening. And thank you for listening. Hope you're enjoying. If you are, let us know. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I want to just give a quick shout out to Jeremiah's brother, Juwu. Josh, don't say his last name because that would give away my last name. Oh, yeah, that's true. Although they look up Juwu, they'll probably see his last name. Anyway, Juwu. Don't look at his last name. Resist the urge. Resist it. Uh, Juwu on (laughs) Facebook, uh, SoundCloud. Give his stuff a listen. He's good. It's very. It's uh, a lot of EDM. Definitely an EDM artist. He's really good. Give him a listen. But, we want to thank him for yeah letting us use one of his songs as the intro. Actually, so yeah, if you like the intro song. or you want to see what happened, what happens with that song in the intro, go give go give him a look. Yeah the the uh, full the the full song is named Executioner's Blade. So if you uh, are looking for that to hear the rest of the song, because it's a pretty awesome song. If you're an Naruto fan. You'll uh, there you go. You'll recognize some some things in it. So yeah, give him a listen, and yeah. thanks to him for letting us use that. Absolutely. All right, so... What have you been up to this these past two weeks? Or well, week, or month, we don't know. Time is... Yeah. Time is imaginary. Time is relative. Time is non-linear. This could be the past. Wait, it is the past. Now it's the... That was the past, now. Real quick, too, before we, we get started with that, I'm just going to completely just ignore everything you just said. Um, got our mugs. Oh, yeah. Mine is just a very generic. Oh, yeah. Thank you for doing that. Looks like swirls. Ah, or. Hmm. Or what? A galaxy. I don't inverted know. galaxy. An inverted galaxy. It's very, it's white and pink. It's, 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 it's a very nice mug to hold. So I Ready. decided to go simple today. I'm holding, uh, I'm holding it, but I'm drinking out of a, a mug I got from a local, local business, local donut shop called Donnie's Donuts. We're in the Daytona Beach area. Whoa. That's as specific as I'll be. Whoa, that is too don't, specific. Don't look me up. Don't try to hunt me down. <laughs> great. Um, now they know where we live. But yeah, they, they're uh, really good, uh, really great donuts, good coffee, it's, uh, a great place to support, so... Wanted to give them a shout out and uh, drink coffee in my Downey's Donuts mug. They just opened a new location, and that's kind of how I got it. We we got there, and we were one of the first hundred. My wife and oh, and that's family, cool. First hundred people in line. So that's yeah over at the outlets, cool. right? The one day Daytona outlets. Uh, yeah, one Daytona, and it's a great location. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna do well there. I think my, because they're uh, great. And the fire station I'm at is right next to a. Uh, the original Dines Donuts in New Smyrna. I okay. Drive, I drive past it pretty often. Nice. I haven't gone in yet. I've never been to the original. I've only it's been small. to one in Ormond. It looks small. small. It looks like, like a drive-thru or, or like it's like a set. I don't even think it's like a go-inside place. Or it might be. It has a drive-thru? I think it does. That's cool. I think it does. Don't don't quote me on it. I'm quoting you. Donnie, if you're listening, you can fact check us. You can at Jeremiah. Someone's got like a really old rickety Donnie's Donuts truck over by... Grace's house. Have you ever seen it? I have. Yeah. It's just sitting I was in like, a, it never moves. It's I was like, that's a Donnie's Donuts mm-hmm. truck. I was at the, at a light and it's just right there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if that's Donnie. 
It might be. Or the guy just lucked out and got a beaten down old truck that says Donnie Donuts on it. Yeah. I think that has not moved. Maybe wanted. Maybe he like wanted or something. Anyway. But anyway, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> what what worlds have you gone into? So on the last podcast, you were like, uh, you you don't want to be playing Dark Souls right now because you know Dark Souls is really you don't want to play a game that you're going to constantly die and get angry and then exactly your kids all of a sudden want something now you're already flustered and exactly mm-hmm. we know we all know that gaming cycle <laughs> and then you, you like, play Dark Souls you do you don't play the game like for months because you're so the last time you played it was such a negative experience and then you finally commit to playing it again and you go and play one you die once and you're like oh, I forgot how to play this game and now I just can't mm-hmm. play it now and then you mm-hmm. just never go back to it yes so. With that in mind, I bought a game called Hollow Knight. Have you heard of it? I have heard of Hollow Knight. That's a good game. It's like a side. It's it's like a side scroller Dark Souls. <laughs> it's a roguelike. Uh, it's basically. I think it's heard heard it described as kind of like a roguelike Dark Souls game. It's difficult in that sense, at least. <laughs> okay, I don't actually know what roguelike means. I've I've heard that description. Roguelike you... Metroidvania. Like a Metroidvania. Do you ever play the old Metroid games or oh, Castlevania yeah. games? Yeah, they're like those are roguelikes. So we're, okay. Like, so when you hear like a roguelike Metroid, I think some of this is what I'm assuming. I never like we looked it up. This Lots is just of backtracking. Lots of side scrolling, backtracking, just going through dungeons. Yeah. Speaking of the new Metroid game on the Switch, is looking pretty interesting. So is it a side scroller? It is, but it's a little bit more like it. See, it looks like a little bit more advanced side scroller. Yeah. I was never much of a Metroid guy, so I'm not like dying to get it, but it looks interesting. I liked the Metroid games growing up. I didn't play every single one. I remember the Metroid game for the Wii was actually really immersive and really cool um, use of the motion sensor controls. I watched my brother play that um, game. Yeah. Was Shout fun. out to Julu again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I've been playing Hollow Knight, and that's uh, definitely a, a very fun game. It is a game where dying is a game mechanic. For those of you who have don't know Dark Souls is or never played it or heard of it, so whenever you die in Dark Souls, you gain when you when you kill things, you gain like souls, right? Mm-hmm. And when you die, you lose those souls. Even if you save the game, you go back to that save point, but you lose those souls. You can get them back if you go back to the point you died at and collect. Like there'll be like a thing hovering, kind of, or something like that that you can recover those souls. You basically have checkpoints in the game, right? And what are fireplace for Dark Souls is fireplaces for. Right. Bloodborne, it's lanterns, I think. But yeah, you basically go and as you go through the level, you, you kill when you kill monsters, you collect these things called souls, and those souls help you to level up or buy new items, right. and leveling up is very important. But if you die, you basically drop those souls, and mm. you have to go back to get it. If you don't get it, if you die again before you get it, those souls disappear. Yeah, you just, all that, every all the progress uh, as far as like building up to, to getting something or advancing your character just goes away. So they have that mechanic in this game mm-hmm. where... If you uh, if you die, there's like a, a person, like a ghost version of yourself that kind of just sprouts out of you. It's a side-scrolling, like, you know, animated game. So it's not super, it's not like a really graphic thing, but it's... Uh, it's a fun know, game. I've, cool. I've played... You played some? Teensy okay. bits of it, not a lot. Um, I think I played on the PlayStation 4. They had a... is a thing that PlayStation does where you can, like, stream games. It's like $10 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have that. So PS Now or something? Yeah, like and I'll occasionally play games on that, and Hollow Knight's on that, so I was playing it. Okay. I didn't yeah. get, like, super into it. because I enjoyed it, and even though it is... Because it's a, because it's not, like, it's sort of a smaller-scale game, mm-hmm. feel like you're doing a good bit of stuff in a short amount of time, even though you've got this element of difficulty and of dying and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, it is very, like, starting out, you, you have very, very little... 
like like most games, very little abilities. But there's a lot of things. I guess the roguelike aspect of it is there's lots of things as you go through the first area of the map that you can see that you can't get to, you can't do. You hmm. fight you fight bosses that you, they're really difficult and. So then you, I got to a point where I just wasn't sure what else to do, but there was a shop owner that I had freed, mm-hmm. and so he was up in the, in the on the surface of this world because there's like an ancient world that's been abandoned that when people go down into it they go mad and stuff. So those like your enemies uh, surface is like a small little town that's just barely even there. But there's so there's this guy you find down in there, rescue him, he gets up in the shop, and then you can go to the shop and buy things hmm. and. But but it's not you know the the, the advancements uh, 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 like upgrades it's not a very like quick reward yeah of like okay I've got s- some some money I'm gonna go buy an upgrade and it's gonna significantly help me it, it did, more minor things it's very minor and the stuff that you know would help you is super expensive so hmm. I yeah basically just decided okay my goal is gonna be when I sit down to play this I'm just gonna grind to get. Like the currency would would be like souls and dark souls, but in this is like coins. Like it look like coins or something that you pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, just grind that out, those out, and just buy stuff in the store as much of the stuff in the store as possible to see if it helps. Because some of it just seemed random. It's like a rotten egg. I'm like, what am I gonna do with this? <laughs> but yeah, so it's fun. It's fun. I got. I actually just got past the initial stage and it oh and got into another area. It opened up. A lot, and I'm like, whoa! This this next area is a lot different. Different enemies. I can you know see like little threads of of things that are going to be important later on. So it's fun. I'll be interested to hear what you have to say about it. Maybe yeah. it'll end up getting me back into playing it. Yeah, play it through. Yeah, it feels like a game that I'm going to like the more I play, like the further I get. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, I, I definitely think it could have would have been very easy to just be like, okay, you know. But I, I guess I I've, I've seen. I've seen some stuff from it and I know there's a lot more to it. And so I didn't want to just kind of write it off and I've I've heard lots of good things about it. So anyway, so that's that. That's Hollow Knight. Another thing that I played is a Kingdom Hearts game. Which one? Well, I have played some of the DLC. It's called Remind for Kingdom Hearts 3, which I'm not done with. I haven't played a ton of it. Well, I mean, I played a good bit, and then I didn't play for a while, like a week or something like that. Mm-hmm. But what I m- more want to talk about is Melody of Memory. Have you seen the preview for that game? Oh, Kingdom the game? one with Kyrie and the music stuff. So it's a yeah rhythm game, mm-hmm. which right off the bat, when I th- think of rhythm games, besides you know like Guitar Hero or mm-hmm. those kinds of games. Don't really get super excited about them um, or very interested, but it's Kingdom Hearts, mm-hmm. and I love the music of Kingdom Hearts. That's and, true. And there was a demo. So I There's de- a demo? I don't have the game, but I downloaded the demo. Fun? On the Xbox store, Microsoft store. So there's probably one on the PlayStation store. Too. I think so. And played it with my kids, of course. Of course. And um, it's it's interesting. I actually, like, I want to pl- I want to play through it. Um, because for one, it's King Hearts music, but the combat system is based on how you, you do the rhythm. So like, as you're, you know, going through the song, uh, basically you can, you have your three characters. So it's, so you have on one track, you have Sora, you have Donald on another track and a Goofy on another track. You're controlling them all at the same time 
with the different buttons. If you press A, Sora attacks. If you press, yeah, if you press A, Sora attacks. And if you press like a, like different buttons, then Donald and Goofy attack. Hmm. So you're 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 at to to the rhythm of the song. There's enemies coming. So instead of you know like Guitar Hero, where you're waiting for like a, you just play a, a, a red <clears throat> square to come down, and then you're mm-hmm. trying to time it. You have an enemy coming at you. Different types of enemies. <laughs> you have to jump over things. You have to to fly. You have to hit enemies in the air. But it's all to the rhythm. So it's actually a really interesting way. And I mean, I haven't played a ton of rhythm games, so it may not be that might not be the most original thing that's come out of rhythm games. But as far as being you know Kingdom Hearts fan, it's a pretty interesting system. I don't know as far as like difficulty wise. I was playing on the easy difficulty and there was a level that was pretty hard and it was easy, the uneasy difficulty and it was hard. <laughs> you know, one thing about it that's cool, co-op. It has co-op. Really? Local co-op. Huh. Yeah. I'll have to check out the demo. I, I I heard too, and I might be wrong about this, but I heard there's a story to it too. I Well, if it... <laughs> like there's listen, canon listen, story to listen, it. Jeremiah. I mean, it's canon. Let me tell you something about my, my man Tetsuya Nomura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he makes a game... <laughs> When he signs off on a Kingdom Hearts game, it doesn't matter if it's a mobile game for <laughs> That's true. For a flip phone. <laughs> it will have a canon like a very important to the storyline of Kingdom Hearts absolutely, thing happening. Absolutely. The only reason I actually will say the main reason I haven't even touched that game or even thought about touching it is because it's extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. For a rhythm game. It looks like it has a ton of it has like 150 songs or something uh, maybe maybe I'll, I'll, which I'll means to, which just, translates to i think 150 levels i'll have to do the, i'll have to check out the uh, yeah but you're right it was like 50 bucks yeah and, 50 but, bucks is um, a little bit too much for i me. just saw yesterday that it was on sale or maybe the day that it was on sale for 19.99 so something to think about not too bad I would do, I would definitely play the demo first. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably download it and play it like tomorrow when uh, I get off work or something. But it's not just like it's not just Sora, Donald, and and Goofy. You know, there's other the, the characters that seem like you can play as and have with you. Like there's, I mean, Birth by Sleep music mm-hmm. and you know all of that. So, um, hmm. so definitely an interesting way. You know, different interest interesting different, um, you know, way to play Kingdom Hearts. Can't go wrong with Kingdom Hearts, especially the music. The music for Kingdom Hearts is banging. Seriously, yeah. I, I like legitimately listen to that. Like listen to the soundtrack. I like, use yeah. while studying or something like that. Really? Yeah, I, I used to. I I, I I should listen to it more because I've always loved it. I love the soundtrack, uh, soundtracks from those games, and um, I used to listen to them all the time. I've I've been into the since I played Birth by Sleep. I've been into the Birth by Sleep soundtrack. So like a lot of times okay. when I'm you're studying or, or something doing worksheet, I'll throw that on because it's not, I don't like listening to lyrics when I study. I just like having music. That's kind of nice to play. And it's soothing. Some of it's soothing. Some of it gets me. It's intense. Yeah. Get, yeah. Re- get ready to defeat some heartless with a keyblade. Exactly. Amps you up. Puts you in another world. So yeah, that is. So we didn't talk about the D and D campaign. On the last episode, we talked a little about D and D as uh, the game you're playing through, but um, so maybe yeah, we didn't really talk about it because we're we had a miss last session because we do every other Sunday. We had yeah, a miss last session because of uh, Fourth of July. Fourth of July kind so of so it's been about yeah. a month. Yeah, we didn't want to. Fourth of July was gonna be the day we would do it, and we didn't want to. Um, 
throw that off. We had stuff with family, and then yeah. we didn't want to like screw up our schedule that we had because it right. works with everyone's work and school. Right. So we just said we'll skip that that round um, and go to the next one. But yeah, no, let's, yeah, I'm down to talk about it. Let's do it. I'm still loving the story. I'm still super intrigued. Uh, crazy enough, though, now that I'm thinking about it too, uh, not a lot. Nothing in like a a lot didn't happen in the last session. In the last session, no, it didn't. Like for as long as it seemed like the session lasted, like it not too much really happened. Right. We got started kind of late. We did, but we also the first session was ma- was mainly just going and kind of talking to finding out where you should go, what you should do, and then that session was uh, a real obstacle. That you guys had to figure out how to deal with. So that took time. That's true, because we also um, spent the first bit deciding what we were going to do. Because we found out that the council, the city council was uh, in prison, and but we, and that two of them were the, the heroes from ages past. Right, yeah. Um, that we need to kind of figure out. We did find out that someone was watching us, or looking, or asking be- about us. Yeah, yeah, at the beginning, uh, there was someone sitting at a table kind of motioned over to you right Mm -hmm. and told you that someone had come in and asked about you if you were there and basically said that the this the advisor to the king uh this person worked for the advisor to the king and that basically Mm. obviously that advisor was keeping his eye on you Mm. which um just briefly if you if you haven't if you didn't hear an earlier episode the the D&D campaign main part of the story is that there's this city and there's people have been going missing into this forest but because of that according to the king or the his advisor who's the one mainly speaking because the king hasn't been really physically seen or heard from in a while in a little while the advisor to the king is telling everyone that for their safety they're they're guarding the forest so that nobody else goes in. Basically, yeah. Basically, it seems like he's just like, don't go in the forest and we're not going to deal with this problem. If you don't go in the forest, right. it's not going to be an issue. Then these adventures show up, the the main cast of, uh, the, you know, Jeremiah and the other people playing the campaign show up and are like, well, we want to help you with this problem. And he's like, don't help us. Don't try to help us. Yeah. And, and we weren't invited by him. We were invited by the city council, which is now in prison. Right. Which comes to the, the conclusion of, do we want to go try and find a way to talk to them in prison or what have you? And so... Yeah, so the advisor to the king, you know, said don't help. That said that the city council they tried to do a coup, so they're they're enemies. So what did the party decide to do? The best course of action would be a break into the prison. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> but that's obviously the best course of action is to break into the prison. Of course, I am confident <laughs> in my ability to get into that prison, and my confidence paid off. It well, yeah. The in reality. You did deal with anyone who saw you is now dead. <laughs> you, as far as you know, they didn't see me. Well, right. But anyone who would have seen you, would have had anyone who could have known dead. that I was there Except, is no longer is no not dead, but no longer a part of this world. <laughs> in the sewer, <laughs> don't look in the sewer system that they snuck into. But except the only problem with that theory. Is is what? How did do you remember how the session ended? Yeah, we we did break into the prison um, through a little grate. There was a distraction at the front gate. I don't remember, I don't exactly remember why, but incidental. Incident, were... It was just an incidental distraction that just walked out for us. We managed to get into the prison through like a little sewer grate um, below. Uh, follow that down, ended up coming to a hallway of cells, and 
there were two guards there, and we handily defeated them with our rogue going up and sneak attacking one and killing one hit. And then I think I ended up Misty stepping behind the other one and yeah. shoving my sword through his chest. Yeah. Which was a very visual. Now, yeah, and it just... I would I will just say in even though D&D lot oftentimes involves, you know, killing people and <laughs> not, not necessarily thinking about the moral aspects of it. These people were not the main city guards. They yes, were, these were these were weird looking people. Like they yeah. were, they were it was specifically stated that they weren't like the normal city guard. Yeah. They were wearing they were seemed mysterious. So uh, chances are they were very unsavory people. We were also hearing um, do we hear before? Yeah, yeah, we heard at the the gate the the prison warden basically was talking about torturing someone to an extent, right? I think the so the the warden was getting yelled at by the captain of the guard because the captain of the guard was basically saying someone had gone one of the city council members had gone missing and the captain was saying, you know, this is your job. You know, the warden was saying I don't know where he is and the captain was basically saying I don't I calling calling his bluff and saying, I don't believe, I don't believe you. you basically. I know that there's like experiments going on and torture going on in here. And so with all know. that in mind, seeing people that aren't normally the right. prison guard and hearing all that, we were like, these guys probably aren't good. I mean, we're we not going to ask questions. We could probably kill them. Anyway, we killed them, found the council <laughs> members. Um, and long story short, talked to them a little bit and then help decide we were going to continue the conversation after we got them out of the prison because we heard more people coming. Do we kill the other two people that came by? You did. <laughs> so we killed the other people that came by. Yeah. Um, then we led the council back out, managed to sneak back out of the prison. Um, and as we were making our way out to the to to get out of the city, we were stopped by some figure. I'm assuming the figure that was trying to, was looking for us. Yeah, maybe. But we we'll don't know. See. Yeah, that's where it ended. And of it course, ended. he just ends it with him pulling out a knife, right? Yeah, there was a figure descending from... Uh, the top rooftop of a building with a a flash of a blade could be made out. That's where it and ended. And that's where it ended. So, yeah. So you guys excited will, for Sunday. You guys will probably probably start the next session rolling for initiative. Can't wait. Those are the best way to start so, sessions. Though is rolling for initiative, especially when it's been four weeks and you yeah. don't. You know, because I actually forgot until just now that that happened. I was like, oh wait, no, I'm excited to play again. Yeah, I'm even more glad. Such a cliffhanger because I'll get everybody. Get everybody back, hopefully. But yeah, that's exciting. I'm excited for that this Sunday. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. That's the main stuff. What have you been up to? Mm, once again, not too, too much. A little, bit, read a little bit more in Rhythm of War. Definitely, definitely, definitely seeing the Die Hard and Eurythru now. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, loving yeah. it. Loving it. Um, I think I just read the chapter, the first flashback of Eshenai. Okay. Which was cool, because I didn't know if she was, it was doing a flashback of her. And Bentley, actually, they both, yep. which was really cool. It goes um, into more depth. It kind of covers, I don't remember where it starts, but it kind of covers ground you already knew, you just never got to see, see from their perspective. From their perspective, yeah. Yeah. It basically started at when Esh and I first finds the humans. Oh, yes. And Bentley yes. is just talking about trying to find new forms. forms. Uh-huh. Um, so that was cool. And then, obviously, the Navani chapter with talking to the Lady of Pain. I don't remember what they... Raboniel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as well as Kaladin's chapter of him hiding and sneaking around. Yes. Man, Kaladin. Right. That, I just, he, just him in that book is so hard to read him 
being amazing and 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 yet he's barely he's like hanging on by a thread i mean it's I mean, insane you, you know we talk about we talked about in the first episode the way of kings how he was pushed mm-hmm. you know to his brink and he, he, basically every book has just gone further from there yeah yeah i mean he pretty much it, this, this book kind of shows that he he didn't ever really fully come back from that brink no not yeah you know? i think this book is doing a really um, good job of showing he was that. distracted from mm-hmm. from the issues he's been living with and trying to cope with so definitely great um great kaladin stuff in this one so read a little anyway. bit of that much of my normal just random youtube videos of different things i'll think of interest that i can think of at the moment did you get to finish that um Star Wars Visions, the like anime Star Wars shorts. For the most part, I didn't realize it was like just like a bunch of different shorts. Yeah, that looks cool though. Some of the art styles, some of the art styles that they that are chosen look really cool too. Yeah, um, so it could be cool. So that yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, I haven't watched too much of anything. Um, I played a little bit more of Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, Baldur's Gate. Any different feelings? Did you find a portable portable hole yet? I have not found a portable hole. <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. Yeah, it's 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 not like the best. I like. The, it's not what you wanted necessarily. Yeah, but maybe you can yeah. still appreciate. It, it. I still appreciate. It. I'm still having fun. Yeah, and I'm you know whatever. But it's not now that I I've got my internet fixed with my PS4. I can my internet is working a little better on my PS4 now. Okay, and so I'm able to play online with people, and that makes it a little bit more fun. Cool. Um, but otherwise, oh, we can actually they can be in your party. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, you know, but so I've been playing that. That's more of a game I've just been playing recently to shut, kind of like not think about anything. Just yeah, something I just throw on and play. Right. Usually I'm listening to a podcast. Started listening to non D D podcast again, getting caught up on that. So I'm like ten episodes behind or something like that. Okay. Their new their second campaign's got a very interesting setting. Do they usually do? Do they usually do setting like in the D and D worlds, or do they do like original? He does originals. Okay. He he they're. Their dungeon master Brian Murphy makes all original. Okay. So the first world was Bohemia, very D and D esque. Uh-huh. Uh, your generic races, races and yeah. like the fantasy, that that high fantasy world. Yeah. Um, the second one is a lot more um, like a like a like a Dracula type world. Yeah. Darker. Victorian. 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 Very Victorian. And it deals with horror. Like they actually have horrors. Okay. So like werewolves and stuff like that, and something you know, and horrors. That he calls them horrors. Uh-huh. Um, it's just it's interesting. The, the The setting's really different, and it's really cool. It's a lot bar. It's a, they definitely went a, lit, went a lot darker with the second campaign than they are with the first. As far as just, it's still a humor. It's still a comedy podcast, mm-hmm. but it is a little bit darker, which is interesting and good. Um, I'm enjoying it, obviously. Yeah. Cool. Other than that, now just drawing. I've been trying to draw a lot more. Um, starting to get into animation, trying to do yeah. my iPad on Procreate does animation. I found out, and I finally started to dabble into that. So who knows? Maybe, maybe you guys will start seeing some of that on the on the Instagram if you follow. We'll see. Yeah, Jeremiah drew the drew our the the art for the logo. I don't know if you call it a logo, but podcast art. So that was a fun one. It's a fun. I one think it's cool. I like it. So, but other than that, not much. I haven't really done too much. Still, still doing school. So yeah. Other than that audio book we've been listening to. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I mean that's something to talk about for sure. Uh, uh, I mean we'll 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 say right now. I I mentioned in the either the previous podcast or the one before that uh, to check out the book series Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Um, Josh and I decided to go ahead and read through the. We'll listen to the first books because I don't have much time to read. Yeah. 
Um, and we finished the first audiobook for Galaxy's Edge called Legionnaire. Um, and I'm sure you guys will hear about that. Yeah, if you, it's it's like six and a half hours for the audiobook, which means depending, I mean, most of the time you're going to read faster then uh, if you're sitting down to read, you're going to read faster than an audiobook because when someone's doing an audiobook, they're, they're slowing down to get the voices, you know, like to really pace out the voices mm-hmm. and the dialogue and everything. Um, so you probably could read that book in like one good sitting. Yeah, it's a short one. I remember. Or two good sittings. I could probably, I, uh, we could probably read it right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, up, so everyone buckle up. We decide we're just going to read the, it. The galaxy is a dumpster fire. That is how it starts, isn't it? Yeah. That should get you hooked right there. there I mean, you that's go. just, I mean, that's just yeah, cool. If you want a galaxy that's a dumpster fire. <laughs> um, no, it's really good. We'll, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk more about it. So, we're, yeah, we're going to be doing the, that shorter episode, and we're going to kind of cover – Jeremiah wants to hear my thoughts on what what the rest of the series might look like, what might come next for the characters. And so that'll be our first, like, theory episode. And then you guys send us your ideas for uh, future episodes. We'll talk more more about it. It definitely reminds me of Republic Commando a lot. Star Wars Republic Commando, those those books and the games. What was the other? I mean, it reminds me of war movies, like good war movies, like um, Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of what's the other? Oh, Thirteen Hours. Well, yeah. Look for our look for our short episode. We'll be talking about it. Have and Josh theorize what he thinks this the this, this series is going to go because I've read up to like book seven so far, so I know to an extent. But how, how far? I mean, how much more are there? How many more are there? And in the first series, it's called or the first season. How many more are there after that? And there's another season, and then there's like a branch off series by Karen Travis, and then I think there's a couple of like standalone novels. Your the ambiguity is concerning. I need numbers here. I mean, I can get no, numbers for you. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. No, I, I uh, first book's great. You're you're gonna be. It'll be a. Ple- I think it'll be a pleasant surprise when you read the second book because it's written different. Not written differently, right? But it takes a different tact than. A, well, you told me it's different. Per- it's third person perspective instead. Yeah, of first it goes person. in a third person. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Most yeah. So there's twelve in the first season. They're not long books, but they're good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, look, yeah. Uh, look for our other episode. We'll be talking about that theorizing. Sweet. And just talking about it. That'll be an episode we just talk about. Yeah. That's. I think that's cool. You have anything else, or no? That's about it for me. Like, like I said, just schools. School. Uh, we're nearing the end of the first semester, so school is getting a little bit more uh, intense. Yeah. So Tests not having a lot less time. Yeah. I don't think I did any. I pretty much any, any free time I had today at work, I studied. So right. I didn't have much time. Thanks for joining us on the Bridge of Two podcast. I can always join us here. <laughs> All right, well, should we break and... Break, come back with a couple of drinks and uh, stick around. Welcome back. Sweet baby Jesus! Thank you for sorry, that. Sorry for blowing out your eardrums, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is the name of the <laughs> the beer that we're, we're drinking. Uh, Jeremiah saw this. It's a chocolate peanut butter porter. And it is called Sweet Baby Jesus. <laughs> it looks like it's from We did not name it. The But we will drink it. The Duclaw Brewing Company in Baltimore. There you go. So Apparently that's what you think of when you drink chocolate peanut butter porters. Oh, found this at I the guess. store the other day and decided to get it today to drink, so I'm curious. Peanut butter and chocolate are pretty yeah. good in my opinion. It's so. 
It smells good. It actually smells like a to me. It smells like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, kind of. Like because you got. I'm, the, a, I'm a little stuffed right now, so I'm having a hard time smelling it. But oh man, hopefully you'll be able to. Do you have more than one? Like, do you have yeah, more in there? Yeah, there's, okay, there's so a you can try pack. it if you. Well, should we clink the? Let's do it. There you go. Interesting. <laughs> that that was the chocolate that hit weird. I think. Once again, it's a good, but it's got a weird aftertaste. To me, it was on the front end. See, I had a weird aftertaste. Might be. I mean, the front end was definitely like a like a strong hit of something. So it smells. The peanut butter is definitely strong in the smell. The taste is more of the chocolate. I feel like um, it's not bad. It's it's not bad. That second that second taste was actually pretty good. I don't know. You know, as you I've found with any uh, beer. As you go further into it, sometimes it, it you don't appreciate the taste as much. Mm. So we'll see how it goes, but it's not bad so far. First hit, though, I do, I do, I feel like the Voodoo was it called the Void Shaker, yes. the one from what's it Voodoo? It was called oh the Funky Buddha one. Does have a hint of Void that. Shaker was very strong. Yeah, I don't feel like this is that strong. So, but I feel a, like it's got a hint of that strong. I don't know. I think at the very beginning, it, or yeah, I, I think the aftertaste maybe is what I'm think, thinking of. That one was a stout. This one's a porter. This yeah. is a porter. I don't know. It's good. I don't. I don't. I'm, yeah, you know, not it's, bad. It's okay so far. I the banana. It's different. Banana beer from me last time, last pot episode was uh, definitely my favorite so far. Oh, actually, I lied. The uh, the mead from the first episode has definitely been my favorite so far. There you go. Some more free advertising on the podcast <laughs> for the uh, brewing companies. Yeah, so uh, we have been watching Fellowship of the Ring. You know, we thought we'd keep it nice and fresh and current. No, just um, fresh and current from 2001. <laughs> well, I mean, it really, it really doesn't get too far from being current because you've always got, you just have, I mean, the Hobbit trilogy isn't that old now. It is old, sort Lord of. Lord of the Rings is also timeless. At least the movies. It is very timeless. It's so it's the so books are a little bit. Yeah, they're just they're just hard to read. They yeah, no, definitely. To, they you to got a guy who you know served in World War One that yeah. wrote them. But um, the but movies are timeless in my opinion. Like I can watch those and just be like, absolutely. Yep, this is just like Star Wars for me. Lord of the Rings is one of those movies where I can just watch it and be like, I've seen it a bunch of times, but yeah, I'll watch it again. And you know, you've got like they're working on a show now, and there's like the anime coming out, so it it always stays relevant. There's Games, games and stuff that come out periodically. The Lord of the Rings online you know? game is still going really oh, yeah. strong. Oh, yeah. That's like one of the best MMOs out there, too. Most popular, at least. It is um, very popular still. It's, yeah. As evidenced by the fact that it still exists. Yeah, so... Speaking of, as a quick aside. Yeah. SOTOR is going into its... The Old Republic yeah. MMO. SOTOR is on its 10th anniversary. So it's, that's, what's, that's what it's at? 10? Yeah, December right. 20th will be its 10th anniversary. And so, sometime in the holiday season, they're releasing that new expansion. What, what are you going to get, Swotor, for its anniversary? I'm going to get... 10 years. I'm going to download its expansion and play it. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. Appreciate Even though I've played none of the other expansions, because I can't... I just never have enough time to get through the actual storylines. Right. Um, but, uh... Yeah. Cool. So, in the vein of uh, keeping Lord of the Rings relevant, <laughs> we uh, decided to... Watch Fellowship of the Ring and and kind of pick out maybe something to talk about and um and go into it. So um I'm definitely a huge I know I know Jeremiah, you're a Lord of the Rings fan. 
think Lord of the Rings was one of the first, you know, true fantasies. I think I, well, the Hobbit I read first and then I read Lord of the Rings and really my, my interaction with Lord of the Rings, um, when I was 11 or 12, huge impact on my life. You know, since then I've read tons of Tolkien and I've run, read a lot of his like theories on fantasy stories and mythology and the importance of the tool of mythology in human uh, understanding of the world around us and the world that God made. And uh, he, he called Christianity the true myth. I think I mentioned that. I mentioned that in the past podcast. the last podcast. Yeah. So he, he has had a, definitely had a huge impact on, on me. And uh, yeah, so I always, always enjoy coming back to Lord of the Rings. I just grew up watching the movies. I actually only first read the books. A couple uh, dating Stephanie. Yeah. So a couple years ago, ago. like I, I, I knew you at that point. Um, and I flew through it, but that was the first time I've actually, I ever actually read Lord of the Rings. Um, I don't know why there wasn't a reason. I just never, I just had never read it yet. The movies are that good. Uh, the movie, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really though. My, well, my dad's always told me because my dad's read the books. Yeah. Th- those used to be books that my dad used to read every year. But he told, and he always said like, I love the books to death. They're great books, but in, in his opinion, the movies were always better. Hmm. And so I kind of, I think that just stuck with me as a kid. They're definitely so, more accessible, mm-hmm. you know. Better, it's, better in a more like, like more entertaining way. Okay. Not like better as like they're just better. Right. Ob- like objectively, I think the books are probably objectively better. Well. Subjective. I don't know. I mean, it's, I've always looked at them as, even though you know the 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 movies are adaptations of the books, and you can't really look at them apart, totally apart from those. But as far as my opinion of the movies and the books, I, I as as long as there's not or no real viol no like core violation mm-hmm. of Tolkien's you know uh, Tolkien's vision. I kind of view them as More as their the own thing. Oh, actually, their own thing. Like, oh. like I appreciate the books as the books, and I appreciate the, the movies, movies as the movies. movies. No, that makes sense. I, I don't like so, like someone would say like it's not a good movie because it doesn't have this, or it's not a good movie because they changed this. I don't necessarily see it that way. And it's I'm probably more forgiving on that because I was introduced to Tolkien through the movies. That's how see that's so how I was introduced. Was, was it's hard for me well. to you know come down on the movies whenever the the how expertly they were done. I think that drew me to the books. You know? I think the thing for me too, is with the books, the books I see, like I appreciate the books for what they are as far as like a literary masterpiece. Yeah. Um, the world that was made through the books, um, everything like that. Whereas I see the movies, like as far as like getting into the world of it or getting in, you know, I, the movies were just easier to draw, drew me yeah. a little bit easier than the books. The books launched the modern fantasy genre. And that's yes. one thing I thought about while watching this is just, for someone who's watching it in this modern time when D&D and so many other fantasy series and are so and even fantasy as a genre has is moving not move I don't know if I'd say moved past but there's like now there's like you know there's classical fantasy and there's modern fantasy mm-hmm. whereas when Tolkien was writing like there wasn't really a a a modern fantasy genre at the time like all the tropes that you see in fantasy, if you watch like Lord of the Rings, you're like, "Oh, Dark Lord returns." Mm-hmm. I mean, like that was not that wasn't a, like that wasn't a trope. That wasn't a trope. You know, I mean, there's like stories. I always always have like evils that return. He was pulling from Norse mythology and lots of you know old English mythology and stuff. So I'm sure 
in a human sense, there was there were like, but re- not in the retelling. sense of like fantasy tropes. Right. Like, no, I think too. Lord of the Rings, uh, the books were also that. I could be wrong about this, but it seems like really that branching off point of people like accepting fantasy novels as a piece of literature instead of oh, just yeah. a story. That was Tolkien's like goal. I mean, that was like his. He wasn't writing fantasy because he just had a active imagination he needed to get some mm-hmm. stuff out i mean he he believed they were it was valuable to literature he believed it was valuable to to faith mm-hmm. i mean he to mm-hmm. consider consider fantasy uh f- stories to you know to remove yourself from the the known world that you think you have a grasp on so that you can be invited to see the truths of the the truths of the real world that you're you've kind of taken your your eyes off of because you think you have this world under lock and key is what let it out let it all out i'm good I'm, i swear i'm good. seriously if you need a sneeze break just be like sneeze break but yeah so yeah. i mean so but even look at it now it's just like like the hobbit and lord of the rings are like books that are like my sister in middle school studied reading it. the hobbit yeah yeah i mean i never didn't because i never had cool teachers but <laughs> But as go, much as I do, Tolkien. as much as I do enjoy the literature of it behind it too, and like the the different uh, things said in it, and uh. the things that it's alluding to, stuff like that, I also just I'm more drawn to Lord of the Rings for the world. I just, mm. I mean, I like I, I do see other things and I appreciate them, and I do, and it does a lot of it makes sense. Um, but I just, you know, me, I like fantasy worlds. I like mm. being, I like delving into a world. So I like learning about that. We're actually watching, rewatching Fellowship of the Ring. Maybe want to start delving further into the Lord of the Rings world because I actually haven't delved very far into the lord of the rings mythos at all yeah um i know tidbits here and there but like nothing like like with brandon sanderson or with star wars like yeah. i've delved deep into those those mythos those worlds but lord of the rings is one of those ones where like i've always watched i've always loved the movies but i never really delved super far into it yeah um, but but this yeah. is maybe kind of want to yeah that's the thing about lord of the rings is is the lord of the rings is like the tail end of mm-hmm. what Tolkien wrote in terms of the mythology of that world, it's the one of the final stories he told. I mean, he he after the Lord of the Rings came out, he dabbled in the sequel and he wrote down some notes of what a sequel would would look like, and he had in mind like a Ragnarok style, like the, that there would be some kind of Ragnarok style end to the world. Mm-hmm. There'd be like a final battle where lots of characters from throughout the. Uh, the mythology would like return and fight in the huh. final battle kind of thing. You know, we should but... write that. Let's do it. Fan, <laughs> fan, fan fiction. Well, yeah, this will work. That'll work out well, but, um, <laughs> you're a writer. We can do it. Comic book style. You write it. I'll draw it. You draw it. Okay. Make millions illegally. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we'll just post it. We'll for name free. all the, we'll post it for free on the internet for people to enjoy. We'll we'll have like a key. Well, we can't call it this, but if you see like side, planet that's middle earth yeah and, and if the, you see baragorn that's aragorn and the the name of the t- title will be bridge of the ring <laughs> the bridge <laughs> of the ring <laughs> the fellowship of the bridge <laughs> <laughs> the two bridges <laughs> the return of the bridge the return of the bridge there we go look i mean uh, i'm just it saying writes man, itself. I'm just, look, fan, this is this is not, this is as fan fiction as it gets hey this is good uh good porter Anywho, of course it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure half the names we said are probably characters. The whole thing's made up. All that to say <laughs> that the mythology of Lord of the Rings, yeah, there's a lot there that the Lord of the Rings actually. I mean, there's a lot in Lord of the Rings that alludes to to stuff. I know, um, yeah. You know, 
that's the amazing thing about Lord of the Rings is he has this whole <laughs> mythology that he's written about because he wanted to get the Silmarillion published with the Lord of the Rings, mm. but they were like, nah, let's just get Lord of the Rings published first. And that was, and, and, you know, his son is the one who got Silmarillion published finally after he passed, but the Silmarillion was what he really wanted to get published. I need to All read. these ancient myth, like, cause he wrote these, he wrote these like three core tales that, and he stitched them together with history and stuff in between. But yeah, a good starting point, I think, would be the Children of Hurin. If you wanted to just read the mythology, Silmarillion is it's like an it's like an encyclopedia. Not I mean, like in the sense that like a good encyclopedia. Yeah, in the sense that it's like the first chapter is the creation account. You know, mm-hmm. the next chapter is it tells you the characters. Like who are the characters that uh, like the godlike characters that help shape the world after they are created. Um, including the Morgoth, Sauron's master. Um, you know, so yeah, there's Silmarillion is a very just lore book. I'll, maybe that'll have to be one of my next audiobooks. Is I'll pull up like the Children of Hurin. The Children of Hurin is written as like more of like a novel, but it's one of those ancient stories. So you would get more of that. It would kind of dip your toe into the mythology, the ancient mythology, a little bit. In maybe a we should. Yeah, maybe I could narrative type. Maybe I'll do. Story. I don't know. I feel like Lord of the Rings is one of those books I have to read, though. I feel like I'd have a hard time audiobooking it. Maybe you might be right. Because there's lots of names and stuff. Yeah, the names. Oh gosh. But yeah, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. So we, if you haven't caught on already, Josh and I watched separately with our families. We watched the Fellowship of the Ring. Obviously, the extended version, the true version. (laughs) Uh, I did. I did too. Um, four hours. It was excellent. Of amazingness. Never. I never. Dis- I'm disappointed. I never regret watching the extended edition. Of this yeah, movie. yeah, no, definitely not. If when you when you watch it, not ex- if you once you've watched the extended edition, if you enjoyed the extended edition, watching it not extended, it, you know, you just feel like you're missing so much. Um, there and there are like minor things in in almost every scene that really add mm-hmm. to uh, even stuff. With we're we're going to be talking about Boromir on this episode and. Um, there's stuff with Boromir that's not in the theatrical version. A few things that add to the, you know, his storyline in the in the book. So, before we get like super into it too, though, can yeah. I just real quick like every time Lord of the Rings is brought up, is or I watch her, I only think of just like Sam. Wise Ganji is such a good character. Oh yeah, and is such a true like he is what like everyone should aspire to be. I mean, he is as a friend, unfalteringly yeah. faithful. Yeah. Loyal, 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 is, yeah. and it's just like it is mind blowing. Like even watching, rewatching the Fellowship of the Ring, where like just the end where he's Frodo's trying to leave on his own, and Sam's like not without me, and yeah. starts swimming like to the point where he's about to drown, and Frodo's saving him, and it's just like what a what a what a friend, like what a what a true, you know, in that line of like, you know, he, he Gandalf said, you know, don't you don't you leave him, Sam. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't plan, I don't intend to. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, chills every time. And I yeah. butchered that quote, but did fine. But uh, I don't mean to. I don't mean to. But uh, uh, yeah. as an aside, every time like, I watch one of the rings, I just I always, I always just oh, yeah. think Samwise is of all. I mean, other than like Aragorn, mm. Samwise is probably my favorite character. Yeah, Sam is actually one of my favorite characters too, especially in the book. And he is. I mean, that's one one really one great strength of of the Lord of the Rings story is. How Tolkien, because he fought in World War One, and he had friends, lots of most of his friends from his days in school were killed in World War One, and so he he had uh, 
a fellowship of friends growing up that they went through, literally went through hell together. And so he had intimate experience of what it means to, you know, go through some of the darkest things with friends that you couldn't have get through it without them. And the friendship is, you know, that they, that kind of friendship, I mean, if you're anyone who's served in the military or, or, or in like law enforcement or, or, or whatever, when you're in those times where all you know is that you need, you need to know this other person has your back. It goes, that kind of like friendship goes hmm. deeper than just bro friendship. You know, it's, hmm. it's, it's a very, very deep friendship. That's very, uh, you know, expressed well in these movies and books. That's, you know, I mean, for like Sam loves Frodo. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And he, like you said, he's very loyal to that. And that's, it's not romantic. You know, it's not intended to be romantic. I, I know people, uh, especially in this day and age, want to, you know, imagine what they want to imagine um, or see what they want to see. And that's obviously they're free to do that. But it, I think it take, does take away. Well, yeah. From the beauty of just it being these guys are just that loyal and they love each other that much. And it's just a very pure friendship. You know? Absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, I agree with you. So, but. Soapbox. <laughs> but yeah, so Boromir, he's he's a great... I, I was glad that whenever you said you wanted to look at his character development because he is a char- definitely a great character to center on. And I mean, he's a, he's kind of a... He's, he definitely has a soft spot in my heart, that character. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. So. He's also just... I don't know, just let's watch this again. It's just... Not even really tending to, but just like I ended up focusing on like him as a character and how he interacts with the rest of the characters and mm-hmm. even Aragorn and and Frodo and you know the halflings and stuff like that. I mean, it's just such an interesting character, and to see there's just so much that was, I was like going through my mind when I was watching it about him specifically. Yeah, you know, obviously Aragorn as well, because I just think Aragorn's an interesting character as well throughout this, the movie. Yeah. And I think Aragorn is actually a good putting both Aragorn and Boromir together as like comparisons is very, they're very side by side and like, yeah, how contrast, they might, they're right. good contrast. That's what I was looking for, especially near the end. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things going on in the story. Uh, I actually, one thing I wrote down is that there are so many and we'll just, I won't go deep into it because it would be a different podcast, but there are so many storylines from the, history of middle earth that are coming together and are come wrapping up in the story of lord of the rings and one of them that you see really strongly with boromir and boromir as kind of a representative of so aragorn represents because he is from a line of men that was so um instrumental in fighting against Morgoth, Sauron's master, that they were given like their own island off the coast of what was pre-middle. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff, but yeah, so, you're a, you're already lost me. Yeah, so I won't even say too much, but I'll just say that that he's from a line of men that were awarded this island that was really close to the Undying Lands, so they were really close to 
elvish, like high elvish society and their 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 land undying lands. He was real they were really close to the that land. They they were so close that they could sail to this island. They weren't allowed to go to the Undying Lands, but they could go to an island off the coast of that, and they could talk, interact, interact with the elves. And they be they they over over years and years they interacted with the elves so much, so closely that that if you were to come back, to, they would come back to Middle Earth to like a, an average man there. They would seem like an elf. Like they're they spoke Elvish. They the, their craft um, as hmm. far as like making weapons, armor buildings all that was very sophisticated and elf-like and they were awarded by god iluvatar with long life they would li- could live up to like three four hundred years old yeah i was gonna ask what does aragon have that same trait oh yeah okay that's what i thought i remember yeah, i do remember, that's one of the things i do remember like seeing or reading somewhere that aragon ten or aragorn technically does yeah makes it books. he's 87 at the point at this point in the book holy cow really or uh, at this point in the movie yeah uh, and go in freaking eighty seven. Yeah, it's something that comes in the, like later the later movie. I think in Two Towers, Eowyn's like asking about how old he is, and he says, "I rode to war with your grandfather." Does he really? <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "What?" <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh yeah, gosh. I can't wait to, um, re- can't wait to watch. Which that is one. which is you know why I'm interested in the Helm Hammerhand stuff for the anime Lord of the Rings anime. That's interesting. But anyway, so yeah, yeah. So the there was the these this race of men that. They were so mighty that they were almost like elves, and they had a horrible sin they committed. And when that happened, the island that they were on was sunk into the sea. The only ones that escaped were you hear them talk about the line of a the line of a sealdor. Sealdor's father was a lendil. A lendil was a, a member of a group called the faithful that was like the the things that are going on in, in by with our people were this is going to catch up to us we can't do this they literally were on a ship sailing out from the island right Wait, before it sunk oh. and the only reason so is that why the line of a seal door is such an important line right because as far as being the king of like gondor like it's, like, it's, it's, like the rem- it's this ancient remnant that was lost because I always watch those movies, especially as a kid. I always, I always, you know, heard like, oh, the line of Isildur. I was like, oh, well, Isildur is the guy who helped defeat Sauron. Yeah. That. So I was like, oh, well, that, that explains why it's so important. But like, why exactly is that line so important? That's kind of explaining why because he's yeah. part of this subset of of human. Well, it was it was they they had established, you know, they had their they had the island, but they also had kingdoms in Middle Earth too, mm-hmm. and so the there was a there was a joint kingdom in the same land as. Where the shat, where the hobbits are, mm-hmm. there was they had a kingdom, a northern kingdom. Really, right, and that's why Aragorn's there is because <sighs> the the line of kings is kind of like northern Israel and southern Israel, like mm-hmm. in the Bible. You know how there was like not northern and southern, but there was like Judea and Judea, was, and then the rest of Israel, and then there was Israel, and there were kings from both kingdoms. Well, mm-hmm. it's kind of that kind of thing happened too with Gondor, and when the kings of Gondor failed and they became just the stewards, all that was left were the kings of the northern kingdom. And that's what the line that ki- the Aragorn's from. And so when that kingdom fell, their their line became, they called themselves chieftains, and they were basically just roaming rangers in the northern part of Middle-earth that just protected that area, but they didn't have a kingdom. So that's why Aragorn's a ranger. Right. Or and Strider. he's the last And he's the last line. one. He's, yeah, he's the, the last l- of he's his He's not line. the last ranger, but he's the last one that's heir, that, an heir to the throne. 
So he's not the last like of that subset no, of human. There's Ranger. There's yeah. There's other. There's other. Um, they're called Dunedain or Dunedain, okay. Numenorians, and so there are more of him. But he's the last of the line. There's of not many, but there's there's more. Yeah, and they're I mean they're in Return of the King in the book. Um, they're called you know the, what I do think I know. Yeah. They're called the Gray Company. Yes, um, Elrond's sons fight with them like right around with them. Elrond yeah. and El, or El, Elros and Elrond here, something like that. Why do I want to say that you play as one of them in the Shadow of Mordor game as well? You know, you're not playing a Dunedain. You're playing like a a uh, you know just like a cap uh, a, a tower guard something like that on the yeah, bridge. I thought he was a Dunedain. Anyway, that's a complete aside. But yeah, but yeah, so. That's a huge lore dip in the water. But that just made me want to go explore even more into the lore. That's it's insane. great. It's great. Uh, it's amazing. So that well, that, that talking about Aragorn. I know we're I know we're going to talk about Boromir, but talking about Aragorn real quick. Another yeah. question. Uh, and I was kind of thinking about this. Why exactly is is Aragorn running from his heritage? His heritage. Is that explained at all in the movies? Other than like, I mean, you in, know, I know Isidore yeah. failed, and that kind of like a thing. I'm right. sure there's a thing that like Aragorn. It seems like Aragorn kind of worries about failing in that way. Yeah, I mean, in the book, he's not that way. He's in the book, he's more confident. Okay, and he's just basically biding his time for the right oh, moment. Okay, so but in the movie, and I mean, I, I this is where I kind of view them separately. I appreciate what they're what they do with his character in the movie, where they make it, they build more tension into. Mm-hmm. When is he going to, you know, why is he doing this? When is he going to get over this hang up? But I think that one thing the movie does to show that very well is you have, it starts, you know, whenever they're in Rivendell and Elrond, the, you know, the, the elf uh, in, in, in Rivendell over the council, he's like, you know, I was there. When the line, when when men failed everybody, men fail, yeah. you know, it's literally a sealed door, and it's very foreshadowing for the end of the movie too, for what happens, because sealed door's right there. He's got the ring, and they're like, throw it in. He's like, nope, you know, um, and so that is a thing for Aragorn. He knows that the that there's weakness in his line. At least in that respect, so he doubts himself. It's like, I mean, it's kind of a humility thing too. Like Bormer is the opposite. Bormer is like, I'm strong enough to use it. Real quick too, this is totally not something we're gonna talk about. I just thought of this, and and when we get to that, I want to talk. We want to talk about it, but Frodo never truly succeeds. Like he does. The ring is the okay. Who hasn't watched Lord of the Rings? He doesn't actually like succeed. Like I mean, he does, he does. to the extent he does to an extent of like the ring did, but he's not the one who cast it in, right? So like yeah. he almost even anyway, though we don't have to go any. any I just no, I think that and I think that's a good thing to talk about maybe in for Return of the King when we when we get to Return of the King, yeah. Because no, I definitely want to talk about that because that's, that's something I've always kind of. I mean that about. that's the kind of the beauty of talk about like even though Tolkien was this was like a long time ago. Talk about subverting expectations, you know, mm. and and. Definitely ahead of his time in terms of accomplishing that's like, you know, how do you do this and do it in a way that, you know, nobody sees coming. And it's, 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 it's amazing, really. But anyway, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll come back to that at some point. But, but yeah, interesting. I, I, but yeah. I didn't really, I guess it's because I've read the books once, but like I didn't realize that in the books, he's, I guess it makes sense. He's a little bit more confident. Um, Aragorn. 
He is. He already has the sword reforged. That's right. That I do it, remember. Well, it gets that. it gets reforged when they're at the fellowship. Yes, the I do remember that actually. Yeah. So he, like, like, leaves, I remember reading that. And be like, this is different from the book because yeah, he leaves his... Rivendell with the sword reforged already. So basically, like what he was doing from that point, he basically made up his mind. Now's the time when I get to Gondor, I'm gonna become king there. Whereas they kept you a little more in suspense until the end, end the last movie. To make it all kind of come together at the same time, which although you kind of see, you kind of see at the end of this movie though of him. Yes, he makes he does make a decision, which is what I really like. I really yeah. like the end of this movie is he makes that decision of yeah. I I you know especially with the whole thing with Boromir, where he's yeah. like I will be your king, you know. Yeah, so Boromir, you know he he is so going back to kind of where we were starting was talking about where the where the this ancient line of kings, the strength of their their heritage, and then you have this kingdom of Gondor has not had a king in generations. They've had only had stewards. The line, as far as like long lived, you know, Numenorians is gone pretty much, and they're just holding on by a thread. Mm-hmm. They're constantly under attacks from Sauron, and now mm-hmm. that he's returned and in in you know somewhat full strength, and his form, his father is. Is kind of breaking a little bit mentally in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, he, less so in the books, but still in the books, he still was turning towards despair and thinking there's no, there's no chance. There's you no definitely point. see it in the movies. And I think that Boromir, in his mind, you know, he thinks this is our. He thinks first of all that if we go, if we try to go into Mordor, because he's like for for someone that lives in Gondor. The thought of going into Mordor is just the craziest thing. One They're does like, not simply walk into Mordor. Yeah. <laughs> the very dust you breathe is a poisonous fume. Not with 10,000 men could you do this. It is folly. Um, it sure shows him in the afterlife. <laughs> yeah. So he... Spoilers. You know, so he's just like, what are we doing? We're literally going to walk in and give Sauron the ring. So he's thinking we're going to just give him the ring if we do this. And then he's thinking plus, so, so rather than give him the ring, why don't we try this out? Let's just try it out. Yeah. He doesn't understand because I think he still, especially in the book, he's still, and in the movie, he alludes this. He says there's still honor in men. There's still courage to be found. You know, he, he gets upset at Aragorn because Aragorn is, uh, Aragorn's all like afraid of, the weakness of men. Mm-hmm. And that's really bugging Boromir. You know, he's like, no, Gondor's strong. Gondor is, we're, we're, we're keeping the forces of, of Mordor at bay and we can handle it. Just let us have a chance to use the ring against Sauron. Mm-hmm. You know, he just doesn't appreciate or believe that it's really as dangerous as everyone else does, you know. Um, but to his credit, and I, you know, I, I don't want to, I wouldn't doubt his motivations. Uh, to no, his credit, he I, still signs up and says, I'll still. Well, that's the thing about, that's the thing about Boromir. And here's what, uh, in my notes, I, I specifically wrote down too. Um, Boromir and the good man corrupted by the ring. You know, Boromir, Boromir I, I totally believe is a good guy. Yeah. Like I, even throughout the movie, like he, he struggles with a lot of things, but I don't believe that he has bad intentions at mm-hmm. heart. I don't think he's trying to, you know, he, he's, you know. I think he's a good guy, but I do think that there's the folly of man, really. Um, and then two... And the power of the and ring. the power of the ring. That's, that's one thing that's amazing about, you know, the story is the ring has agency. The ring has a will yes. of its own. And so when somebody wants to give up the ring, all of a sudden there's a struggle. 
there's a conflict. Mm-hmm. When Bilbo wants to give up the ring, he he starts to <laughs> lash out at, at Gandalf, and he he can barely let go of it. Even Galadriel, you know, Galadriel, one of the most powerful. Mm. Um, talk about strong female characters. One of the most powerful characters in the whole Middle Earth, you know, mm-hmm. mythology. Galadriel, when she's faced with it, she has to basically put forth all her her power to withstand the temptation the free temptation to just take it even gandalf to an extent yeah he's just like like frodo's just like well you take it you take it and he's just like no i i would with my power no i i I can't even resist right so they understand the danger of trying to take up the ring and use it against that it will turn them either it'll it will somehow they'll be corrupted to follow Sauron or they'll be corrupted against they'll be they'll they may become they'll become a rival to Sauron but then become a dark lord or dark and know, I think that's a big themselves. big difference between that's really the main difference between Boromir and say all these other characters is that Boromir it's not that he's a bad guy and that he's darker than anybody else whatever that they everyone is having that same kind of draw he just believes that he he's kind of foolhardy and believing that he can it's a naivety. It's a na- yeah, naivety. That that he, you know, yeah, I agree, definitely. He's naive to think that this magic is something that, you know, a, the a mortal mind can master. Master and use and won't control, yeah. you, you know. And that's, it's just interesting because a lot of people can can sometimes watch movies, even me when I was younger, be like, oh, Boromir's just a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he just wants the ring for himself, he wants the power, blah, blah, blah. But like, no, when you, when you really pay attention to his character, he's not... Once again, he's not bad. He's just naive. Mm. He believes this, and every all of and you pay attention. All, all how every other character reacts to that ring is almost the same way. Yeah. Except the ones who understand the power of it are able to almost resist it a little bit more, or at least push themselves away in that moment and yeah. not put themselves into that position. Well, and you know, the movie to your to your point about comparing Aragorn and Boromir, the movie really does give you a good contrast, even though Aragorn himself. He knows, he knows because of his humility, it is possible for him to be corrupted too. Mm-hmm. And that's why he is like, no, we're definitely going to destroy it. But at the same time, it gives a good contrast because you have Boromir when faced with the prospect that, you know, this, this, this key moment where it's like, what are we going to do next? Boromir, Boromir is getting amped up because if they cross the river, they're veering away from from Gondor, whereas where they end up heading, the the main fellowship, not just Frodo and Sam, but the main fellowship ends up heading the other direction towards Rohan, which is towards Gondor. Mm-hmm. So, Bormir's like, if we're going to make a decision on this, we got to do it now. Aragorn, on the other hand, when Frodo holds out the ring and says, where would you take it? You know, would you destroy it? And he holds it out and Aragorn's looking at it and you actually hear the ring whisper to him too. Um, he walks up, he covers it up. And he says, go. And he says, I let Frodo go to Boromir, whereas Boromir says, I tried to take the ring. So. Which is like such a powerful moment that I never, for some reason, never really, or at least forgot about until rewatching it again, is that that moment of, you you can even, the movie does such a great job of, you can see the conflict in Aragorn's mind for a minute. For a minute. He can hear that whisper of the ring. Um, and he still is able to go close the hand and he knows that what's best is to send, to send as crazy as it sounds to send mm. Frodo off on his own because he knows just as Frodo does in that moment, if they all stay together, he might very well, they might all very well be corrupted by the ring and yeah. that ring's never going to get, he, he believes in that moment, which he's, you know, right. That the best way for this ring to get fully destroyed is for Frodo to go off alone. And he accepts that. Whereas Boromir couldn't. Yeah. In the moment, at least. 
Yeah, I mean, Aragorn, man, you know, he has uh, tough, tough shoes to fill when Gandalf goes down. But to... To make that decision. Yeah. Like, he makes a decision. He, he realizes, like, Frodo, like, you're right, Frodo, you need to go. Yeah. And to, to another kind of subject that ties in, but the awesomeness of the storytelling, too, though, of, like, yes, did Boromir fail? He failed... In that moment, you know, when he tried to take the mm-hmm, ring, mm-hmm. he even failed in a respect of, you know, he tried to save Mary and Pippin. He couldn't save Mary and Pippin, you know, but did he, you know, in the, in the end, he did come to his senses. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is like, you can even see that moment of like him to an extent. Yeah. He did fail with the Mary and Pippin thing, but that's that scene right there is what really solidifies to me that Boromir isn't a bad guy. Mm. I mean, he made a mistake and he did fail in that moment, just like we do as humans. But when it came down to it, he stepped up and he fought to protect those halflings to Mar- protect Mary and Pippin um, to the point of his death and kept fighting after getting three arrows launched into his yeah. chest, you know? And the book doesn't even say how many arrows. The book says many arrows. He was mm-hmm. pierced with many arrows. So and he probably keeps, more than And three. he keeps fighting, you know, that scene right there. If like, if I ever had any doubt that like Boromir was, was a, a good guy or a bad guy. It's just like that scene right there shows that like he realizes after that he, he screwed up. He, yeah. he, he acknowledges it. He acknowledges it to, to Aragorn that I, I screwed up. I tried to take the ring for Frodo, but he still, in my opinion, redeems himself in that moment of like, he literally mm-hmm. stops and says, he, he literally just, he doesn't wall. He doesn't wallow for long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he has a moment of, of trying to see if Frodo's still in earshot, you know, to apologize. But then when he realizes there's something to be done, he gets up he gets and up does and it. it. And and that's something too in the book and in the movies that Boromir was very protective of the hobbits. Um, it's you know probably you don't see it as much, but you do see it in the movie whenever they're up on the the mountain and it's really cold. He's like, "This will be the death of the hobbits." Mm-hmm. Even you know, sword, doing sword play with them. They took the little ones. You know, he he cared about the hobbits and he was protective of them. And even you know Frodo, I think before he really kind of snapped on Frodo. You especially get it more in the book, but he he really believed Frodo was in over his head. Absolutely. He really believed like Frodo shouldn't have to carry this burden. He, you know, he shouldn't have to carry this. And part of it was, you know, a little bit of, I don't know, ignorance on his part or whatever about the strength of hobbits mm-hmm. and the, what they could endure and all those things. But it was from a perspective of, you know, of, of protectiveness and all that. Mm-hmm. In the end, though, even though the fellowship was broken, even though he failed... It was, there was a, and there's an element of it that keeps coming back in the, the, that, those, the books and the movies of this, these other forces that are work at work than that of evil. Gandalf says it in the minds. He says, um, you know, talking about Gollum, don't be so quick to deal out death and judgment because even the very wise can't see all ends. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that there's other forces in this world at work than evil. Said that, that, uh, Bilbo was meant to find the ring, in which, may, which case you are also meant to have it. And I would argue Boromir was meant to try to take the ring. Because what happened when he tried to take the ring? Frodo made up his mind. That's what decided him to leave. Decided he had to leave. Not only that, but I mean, this is kind of a little bit of like the whole situation with Boromir at the end there, especially with him coming to his senses and then defending the Hobbits is almost kind of, at least in the movies, I don't know as much about the books, but is kind of what leads Aragorn to fully make that decision of I'm stepping up. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, definitely, you know, in the movie, he definitely kind of sees that 
that the the people of Gondor need a king. They need mm-hmm. a leader. And uh, Boromir needed a king. Mm-hmm. You know, he needed, he wanted, he wanted, and that's part of his frustration with Aragorn is he wanted, even though he said at the Council of Aragorn, Gondor needs no king. He allegiance to the Republic, to democracy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said he wanted, uh, not he didn't say it, but he, he wanted a king. Yeah, he, wa- he wanted Aragorn to, because really at the end of the day, he wanted, he didn't just want, he just didn't want Gondor to fall. You know, so, and if, if, if Aragorn, if they, the fellowship doesn't split there, what happens to Rohan? You know, Helm's Deep. You True, know, yeah. what happens to Gondor because Aragorn goes to the Pass of the Dead and he finds the undead army? If Gandalf doesn't die in Mines of Moria, he doesn't come back as Gandalf the White. So, I mean, cheater. If everything goes according to plan, you know, then the quest maybe doesn't get, maybe doesn't. Or even if it does get accomplished, a lot more people die. There might not be much left to save. We just, you know, you might destroy the ring, but is there any Gondor left? Is there any Rohan left? You know, so it's um, re- you know, really good storytelling. Take that tragedy and make turn it into a important, very important event. You know, but Boromir, don't be so hard on yourself. It worked out okay. Good character, Boromir. Good yeah. character. But uh, yeah, cool. I think that's a yeah good place to leave. As always, we'll be talking more about it. We'll, we'll over the next little bit, we'll end up watching the two towers and the Return of the King. Talk about those, you know, and Lord of the Rings will be a continuous thing that gets brought up. Yeah, um, especially as I end up delving more and more into the history because now I want to. Yeah, <laughs> the mythology. So that'll be. And fun. I've done my job. <laughs> you've done your job. You've gotten one. If one, I piqued your interest, you've, you've piqued one person's interest, and he's on the podcast. <laughs> cool. So. Thanks, thanks everyone for listening. Check out our smaller episode that we're planning on doing. Um, send in. We'll talk about more on that episode. But send in. Uh, yeah, any theories? Any theories? Any, anything? Just really anything you want? You would like to hear us talk about for a little bit? Yeah, theories want, be fun. Yeah, we want that episode, that show to be a little more maybe audience driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know there we have evidence, uh, statistical evidence, um, that people are listening. So if you're if you're listening and you you have something that you've heard us talk about you'd like to hear more about or if you have something you haven't heard us talk about that you think would be cool to hear us talk about please send it in and we'll um aim at some of those things coming up and being talked about in this shorter show that'll be on the off week that we are doing the main episode so main episode every other week and then a shorter episode every other week so every week you'll have have something in your subscribe uh box absolutely if you if you are uh listening you know feel free to please uh hit subscribe on wherever you're listening um leave a comment or a uh a a review a rating if you please, enjoy yeah, it absolutely um, any good feedback with bridge of two at gmail.com is our email at bridge of two on twitter and bridge underscore of underscore two on instagram are our main cool all right see you later this has been the Bridge of Two podcast. A far, far away bridge. Yeah. Bridge less. <laughs> bridge. Bridgely. Bridgely. Where, where, what are you trying to do right now? Gimli Bridgely. Oh, like everyone's name is somehow Bridge. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, Bridgeless. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs>
Oh my gosh. Brandoff. I want to go further. Brandoff. Brodo. Brodo. Bram. Brodo just sounds like some college student. It's just like. It's Frodo if, if oh, one of the rings took word. place in a frat house. <laughs> this is how we start our heady discussion Ooh, of Bram. <laughs> Brippin. Prairie. But now we're just using BR. We're gonna get bridge in there more. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um Fellowship of Two. Bridgewind. <laughs> Bridgewind. Oh my gosh, Arwen. we're getting we're getting deep into the names now. Um we have to go deeper. We have to go deeper. <laughs> 